Today, I would like to present some very simple thoughts on this verse of Psalm 119. And simple as they are, I hope that the Lord will use them to kindle the fire of prayer among us. It's best for us to start by looking at the meaning of the words that we have in front of us. They are very clear, and, and I think that they almost require no explanation, really. They are found in the longest psalm in the Bible and offer us a glimpse into the prayer life of their writer. The psalmist, most likely David, is crying out to God. And while he does so, he presents an argument because he wants the Lord to work. What is it that he wants God to do? He wants God to make his enemies ashamed. He wants him to act in a way that will vindicate his own holy name in the sight of all the people. And then the psalmist says that this is the perfect moment for the Lord to work. This man was convinced of that. And you and I cannot disagree with him because he was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. His words are indeed human words, but not mere human words. Every single word of this prayer that is recorded for us here is breathed out by God himself. So we can know that, that it really was the perfect moment for God to work. Why was this the perfect moment for God to work? The answer is evident. It's found in the, in the words, for they have made void thy law. Just like today, they were very wicked people living in the days of the psalmist. The ungodly had no respect for God's word at all. With their speech and actions, they were denying that the scripture, God's holy law, was to be the rule of man's faith and practice. God had given clear commands in his law, but these wicked men paid no attention to them. God had given great promises, but they acted as if those promises were empty. They were trying to take away the rightful place of the word of God. And please notice that according to the psalmist, who was inspired by the Holy Spirit, that was a powerful reason to ask God to work at that very time. You know, when, when we look at the scriptures, we find that God is very zealous for his own name and glory. When he looks at the earth and sees it full of iniquity, he acts. He acts by bringing judgment upon the wicked and also by bringing his free salvation upon his people and even changing the hearts of many of those who were fighting against him. And, and he does so in his sovereign grace. He always vindicates his own rightful place. He never remains silent forever. Not even once do we read of sins that God doesn't deal with. Never. Every prideful nation receives the cup of his anger. Every period of backsliding and spiritual apathy among his people meets God's chastising rod. Human sin cries out to God in heaven and his own perfect holiness moves him to action. 
That's why in Genesis 18, verses 20 and 20, 21, we read these words. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is common to me. And if not, I will know. Notice the connection. Because their sin is very grievous, I will. God sound justice, holiness, and passion for his name move him to action when sin abounds. That's why the psalmist, led by the Holy Spirit, says, It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. What he's saying agrees with what we find all throughout the scripture and, and all throughout human history, really. So I want you to notice, my brethren, that this cry of the psalmist's heart teaches us that evil times are perfect times for God to work. Now, when the law of God is being disregarded, we are facing evil times. There may be money in our pockets, but if the word of God is disregarded, the times are evil. There may be peace in the sense that there are no wars going on, but if the word of God is disregarded, the times are evil. People may be living long and flourishing life according to earthly standards, but if the word of God is disregarded, the times are evil. And it is precisely in those times that we can expect God to work. These words also teach us what God wants his dear children, whom he has cleansed with the blood of Jesus, to do in such evil times. He wants them to follow the psalmist's example and urge him to act. If he didn't want his people to do that, these words would not be found in the book of Psalms, which is meant to be sung by the church in all, at, at all ages. This is an example for you and me to follow. And, and if he wants his people to urge him to act, that truly means that he's willing to answer the cry because he has given us wonderful promises like the one we find in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. I'm sure you know it. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So if you compare these two scriptures, you can safely say that if we, God's people, pray to God, asking him to act in evil times, when his word is being disregarded, if we follow the pattern of scripture, God will hear us and we can be sure that we have the petition, that we have asked him. My aim today is, is very simple. I want to drive this truth home for you and me. Dear brethren, we live in evil times, and, and I don't need to convince you of that. We live in times when wicked people have made void God's law. 
the way they have made every effort to undermine the authority of the word of God. They have taken it away from education. They have taken it away from science. They have taken it away from philosophy. They have tried to take it away from politics. They have largely taken it away from the media. They are trying to take it away from morality and from the family. And now they are pushing very hard to take it away from every concept related to human sexuality. Many believe that the Bible is outdated, that it is not the word of God, but the mere product of man's imagination. Many say that religion is oppressive and detrimental to society. And we even find wicked and perverse men and even women who are voracious wolves usurping pulpits in dead churches to promote sodomy and all kinds of wickedness, and also poisoning seminaries with the goal of destroying God's church. It's happening all over the Western world, not just in America, North America, I mean. Even here in Chile, South America, there are apostate churches displaying the rainbow flag in the front part of their profane sanctuaries, not to symbolize God's merciful covenant, but as a sign of open rebellion against God's law. We, we see them celebrating Pride Month along with the enemies of God. Oh, how wicked, how evil are the times we are witnessing. They are times of apostasy. We are, we are watching Western society as it turns its back on God's law in order to go after paganism. And we are seeing many individuals driven away in this tide of wickedness and atheism, many of whom are very dear to us. And your heart breaks. And, and my heart breaks. You feel powerless. You feel threatened. You suffer because of what you see and you, you don't really know what to do. You start losing confidence. You feel tempted to go forward. Maybe even to give in to the culture because you don't find any strength in yourself to resist this flood of iniquity and apostasy. But look at the text in front of us. My brother, my sister, look at the text. Yes, there is every reason to grieve over what we are witnessing. But there is also a powerful reason to be greatly encouraged. That reason has nothing to do with what you and I can do in our strength. It's all about God and his perfect character. It's all about his unfailing promises and his relentless love for his son, Jesus Christ. You and I can be encouraged because this is a perfect time for God to act. God loves acting when there is nothing we can do in our strength. When his power and his power alone can account for the wonderful thing that he will do. He loves to make his strength perfect in his people's weakness. So I want you and me to change the perspective that we have when we look at the, at the gross sins that we find in our society.
my brethren, yes, we should grieve, and that is good and proper, but we should not just grieve. Every time you see a pride event, every time you, you hear about another heretical teacher poisoning people, every time you hear about another individual who left the church to go after the world, every time you hear blasphemies, every time you are made aware of how evil these times are, you should think, God wants me to pray, and he's about to act. I believe the devil is trying to bombard God's people with all this wickedness so that we are discouraged and don't have the energy to pray. But you and I should take his own arrows and throw them against his kingdom using the bow, the bow of prayer. As I was preparing this meditation, I, I couldn't help thinking about what our sister Marcia often says when she prays. Lord, is it not time? Lord, is it not time? My brethren, that, that's a kind of language that we must keep using. And I am sure from the scriptures that the Lord will indeed answer. Let's bring all our, our arguments to him today. Let's storm heaven with reasons for God to act, vindicating his own holy name in such a time as this. Amen. <laughs>